0: You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Bite Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Tommy Dreamer and I have some breaking news and some amazing guests, first starting with Jungle Boy of AEW. Wednesday Night War coming up next week. Jungle Boy comes on to talk all about it, plus... Hall of Famer Mick Foley joins us, Tommy. And dropping some bombshells today
2: on this episode. The business is about to change, and you can listen
0: to all of the changing news right here. And what bigger news than we dropped today? That's right. We dropped the news today. Mother Marissa comes in studio in a rare appearance, and we are going live six days a week. We talk about it and what the lineup is going to be on this edition of Busted Open. Wednesday is a huge day for the landscape of pro wrestling, and I think everyone is going to be looking towards TNT, AEW Dynamite. And one of the guys that is must-watch on that show joins us live right here on Busted Open, and that is Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, how you doing, man?
3: Hey man, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm really looking forward to Wednesday. So, uh, so how are you feeling, man? Are you getting a little nervous as we're getting closer and closer to the date.
3: Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm always nervous about these things. But at this point, I'm kind of really just excited too because, um, you know, it's been so long we've been waiting, and now it's it's kind of right around the corner, and I'm just excited to get it going.
0: So. I'm, I'm interested to know because this is the first time that you've been here on Busted Open. Uh, when did you yeah. start falling in love with pro wrestling?
3: Um, I think I was probably in the third grade, something like that. And uh, a couple of my friends put it on the TV they used to watch it every week. And uh, I'd seen it maybe once before, but, um, you know, it, it was, uh, I kind of just fell in love with the spectacle of the whole thing. You know, they were all. These huge, buff dudes, these pretty women, fireworks, and they were just crazy, crazy athletic things that I thought were really cool. And, um, yeah, I was kind of just hooked on that.
0: Now, I don't know if you know this, but I do the show with two Hall of Famers, Mark Henry and Bully Ray. And then Tommy Dreamer is also a part of this show as well. And it's always kind of good to get their perspective about wrestlers that they're watching. And I know that Tommy Dreamer especially has been a big fan of your work. What's it like to know that a lot of the veterans and a lot of the Hall of Famers in this business really look at you as the future of pro wrestling?
3: I mean, yeah, that 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 feels amazing, and it's so cool. But more than that, it kind of just blows my mind um, because not too long ago I was just watching these guys on TV, and for them to even know who I am uh, is crazy for me. So, and Tommy Dreamer's guy has been really cool. He's uh, he that all out. He's giving me advice, and it's just so cool to be able to talk to these guys and pick their brains. And uh, yeah, have them there.
0: Were you able to understand what Tommy was saying with a mouthful of food? yeah (laughs) um honestly as we get this is how did you break in to the business because you know like you said you watched it you fell in love with it this is something you wanted to do but how did you break into the business
3: yeah well it's it's funny actually because um you know as i fell in love with watching it on tv uh i had a trampoline in my backyard and uh my little sister would come out onto the trampoline with me, and I pretty much just started trying everything that I saw on TV. Um, And it got to the point that I was getting pretty wild on there, giving my sister tombstones and whatnot. (laughs) And uh, my parents were the ones that actually said, uh, if this is something that you're really interested in, that you want to do, you're going to have to go and learn how to do it properly and do it with other people who want to do it not your sister." But at that point, I was about 10 years old, and my my dad actually found a place for me to go uh, and get trained. There was a guy who lived not too far from us who ran a little class in his backyard, and uh, he would train kids. And that was – yeah, that was when I started my journey into uh, the proper wrestling business.
0: That's awesome. And then, you know, what's it like for you? Because you said that, hey, you know what? Not a lot of people knew your name. Not a lot of people knew who you were. And now here you are like wrestling in front of fifteen, twenty thousand 20,000 fans. Like, you know, you're going to be in front of a sold out crowd. On Wednesday night, I mean, what's that like for you? Because I know with the indie scenes, it could be tough. You know, some some nights you're wrestling in front of fifty people, yeah. and now lately, I mean, it's a it's an arena full of people, and it was a pretty quick transition for you. What was that like?
3: Yeah, you, well, well, that's the craziest part. Kind of sometimes, you know, sometimes I kind of have to pinch myself because it really was almost an overnight change. Kind of, um, I had about two or three years on the indies. And that was fun. I had a lot of cool experiences, and you know, I met a lot of cool people and all. that, But pretty much overnight, uh, within the span of I guess six months or be, it went from that to where I am now. And it's just, wow. it's been so crazy, and it's it's kind of a whole different side of the wrestling world. Um, but I've been having a blast. It's been so much fun. So. I mean, i to keep
0: going. Do you, I, and listen, I, I can understand this because like when we started doing Busted Open, it was once a week for an hour and we were kind of buried. And now it's on five days a week live for three hours. And there's there's yeah. sometimes like you said, I have to pinch myself. Like, how did how did we get here? How did this show get Shit. so big? And I try to consciously take like a moment every once in a while to kind of enjoy it. You know, because sometimes you get caught yeah. up in the moment and it's hard to do that. Have you been able to take that moment, you know, whether it's in front of a live crowd or not, but like take that moment and just like appreciate it? Yeah.
3: Uh, well, it's it, for me too. It's something I have to remind myself to do. But uh, I remember specifically in Las Vegas when I we was doing double or nothing. I, I was in the Battle Royal and I, I had a minute where I was down and I didn't have anything to do. And I thought to myself, just look around. Cause you're here right now in the MGM grant. Uh, and this is a, this is a big moment. So I I just laid there on the ground and I looked around at the people and the lights in the building. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is it. We're here.
0: It's kind of funny. And I mentioned this on the show every once in a while, my, my daughter, um, Was a big wrestling fan. She would watch the WWE with me every week, and then as she got older, she's 16 now. As she got older, she kind of completely fell out of it, and it's been AEW that's brought her back into watching it. And you really do have a hold of that teenage, that young audience, and that's always the target audience. So you got to be proud that you have that, you know, you know, 15 to 35 year old watching your shows.
3: Yeah, it uh, it's super cool, and uh, for me, honestly, I also fell out of love with wrestling a little bit. And um, it it wasn't something I would ever watch because I kind of just got tired of it. And it was actually, it, it's crazy the way it's all worked out, but it, I heard about uh, Kenny Omega and Elkada. And I heard everyone going crazy about it, and I thought, I'm going to check this out. And through that, you know, I discovered Kenny and the Young Bucks and Cody. And those were actually the guys who got me interested in uh, watching wrestling again. Um, I, I would check in and see what they were doing, see what was going on. And so then now to be a part of that team, kind of, to be around those guys is crazy.
0: You know, it's so funny you mention uh, Kenny Omega and Okada. Because that's actually the reason uh, Bully Ray is a part of this show is before he even started hosting with me, we actually had a discussion on the phone about that match. And that's when I realized, like, hey, we could do this on the air. This could actually be a great discussion. Because I really thought that that match really kind of erased the last, like, 20 to 25 years. And what I mean by that is whenever somebody talks about the greatest match of all time they always go back to you know flair and steamboat from 89 or they bring up some match from the 80s or the 90s it's really good to talk about wrestling in the now and to be able to say that there's great matches memorable matches maybe even some of the best matches of all time happening in 2019 I think is something that is really something I never thought we'd be talking about
3: yeah I think it's great you know I see a lot of people talk. Some people, I guess, aren't too down with it, but wrestling is always changing, and it's evolving. And really, it's growing. And I think it's so great that, I mean, you know, we take all that history and, and we build upon it. And it, it makes sense to me that some of the greatest matches of all time would be happening now because why wouldn't they, you know? there, there, You know, I, I, you could almost say there are better athletes now. Um, there's just more out there. People have seen more, you know you sample from here and there. So it, it makes total sense to me.
0: Now you've been working with Luchasaurus and Luchasaurus is extremely popular in AEW. Is, is being a part of a tag team, something that you really wanted to do, would you rather be a singles wrestler or do you not have a preference?
3: Well, you know, it wasn't really something that we had planned on so much. Um, I, I've been a tag team wrestler like once before. It, It wasn't really something that I did. Um, and, you know, I wasn't, I didn't care too much either way. I was just really happy to be getting a spot on the show. But to see the reactions that people have had to it and how much they love it, I'm i am stoked. I, um, you know, obviously I'd like to do some singles things too, but I think there's time for all that. And so right now he's really happy with what's going on.
0: You know, it's talking to you. I can really, it comes out over the air how happy you really are like, and it must be very satisfying for you to really find your calling. Cause a lot of times people don't do that. And I can really tell that you're extremely happy in the place that you are right now.
3: Yeah. I've, uh, I say to people all the time, but really I can say completely, honestly, there is nowhere else I'd rather be right now than doing what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, it, I, I kind of, in my life, I kind of set goals and expectations for myself, and it got to the point where I had—I uh, went to college for a year, and I dropped out, and uh, I was still living at home. I didn't have a job or anything, and I just – I kind of thought I was like, man, I don't know if this is – if it's going to work out. I don't know if this is a thing, and so then for however long later, for it to actually work out and to work out in such a perfect way, it, it just – I don't know. I feel like it's meant to be
0: almost. It's so funny and, and I've been thinking about this a lot, that, you know, hey, if you're walking down the street and you make a left instead of a right, your life could be completely different. You know, you know, making yeah. you know, making certain decisions could could mean everything and it and it sounds like that's kinda of what you're alluding to. Yeah,
3: I I've thought about that too. It's crazy. Um you know, when I when I went to college I had to move. Um I live in Southern California and I had to move up to Northern California. And I was so depressed. I was convinced that that was the worst thing that had ever happened to me. I didn't want to leave my friends. I didn't want to leave where I was wrestling at the time. Uh, and it turns out moving up there and getting involved in that wrestling scene, I have no doubt in my mind I would not be where I am today without that. Wow. And so now when I look back at it, that's it's probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. But it's just you, you never know what's going to happen.
0: AEW Dynamite TNT Wednesday nights. There's some competition. You know, there's another show that's going to be on the same time that you are. Um, do you feel you could win that night? Do you feel that, you know, when it comes to Thursday morning, when it comes to Thursday morning on Busted Open, it's going to be AEW that we're talking about?
3: Yeah. You know, what I do, honestly. Um, if I'm being fully honest, I, I've never seen a full episode uh, of the other show. And that's, that, that's mainly just because I don't watch a ton of wrestling as I was telling you, I don't really watch that product too often because I've kind of grown tired of it. But the thing we always get asked about this in interviews, AEW is here because people want it and they need it. And I I think if people were fully content with the other stuff that was being put out, there wouldn't have been room for AEW to grow in the first place. And, you know, AEW is here because it's what people want. And so I think that, already kind of speaks for itself. So, and also I, I really believe we have some of the best talent in the world. Uh, for me personally, it's like, these are the guys that I want to see wrestle. So I think uh, definitely, I think Wednesday night is going to be ours.
0: You mentioned Tommy Dreamer before, and he gave you some advice. Has there been kind of like a mentor for you in that AEW locker room? Yeah, well, this is
3: another one of the crazy kind of things is like pretty, almost everybody there. It's so wild because, like, I'll come back after the match and I, I get to talk to Cody. I get to talk to the Young Bucks. I get to talk to Kenny Omega, Jericho. They're, they're all right there. And, you know, normally just if I could get advice or feedback or anything from one of those people, I'd lose my mind. But it's, they're all there. And it's just such a good team and staff, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's full of guys that I look up to.
0: Now that you're a big star, because listen, you're going to be on TV every week on TNT, you know, millions of people are going to watch you now as you do your thing in the wrestling ring. So you're going to be, you know, getting a lot of requests as I guess you've already have like requests to do interviews, a lot of media. Has there been one question that any reporters have asked you that have annoyed you? Um,
3: you know, not really. I, uh, I like doing these actually. I, I don't know. It's, it's cool for me to hear what people are thinking about and wondering, whatever. Um, you know, I, I I get a lot of questions about my dad, kind of normally, and that's normal, especially with what's gone on and everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes I those are hard to answer. But even then, I you know, it doesn't annoy me. I I like doing this. It's it's fun, kind of. Uh,
0: hey. I mean,
3: I get I I used to dream about people wanting to interview. So it's, like, it's all part of the game.
0: That's pretty cool. All right, is there one question that you wish a reporter would ask you and you haven't been asked? Like, is there one thing that you would like to come across in interviews? That's a
3: good one. I'm, you know, I'm really not sure. I uh, I try not to go into these with too much, you know, planned in my head of what I want to say. I kind of, I, I like to think of them as just kind of a conversation. You okay. know, kind of just go with the flow of it.
0: Because it's fascinating to me because your story is so incredible. You know, the fact that you're on the indie scene. And this is a a lot of ways that wrestlers start out on the indie scene. But to go where you were to where you are right now and now TV on TNT every week, man. I mean, I wish you luck and congratulations on everything because you deserve it. And I can't wait to watch you every single Wednesday night.
3: Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that a lot. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted
2: Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app.
0: Mick Foley coming in because and you promoted it on social media, kind of asking your fans if you wanted it or not. And you're going to have the nice day tour coming up again, celebrating the 20th anniversary of your first book. So I'm really excited about this,
4: Mick. Yeah, me too. I put out the little feeler just saying, is there any interest in this 20th anniversary tour? Uh, Telling you stories you already know. That's my <laughs> t- tagline. And, or forgotten. Uh, <laughs> that, well, well, hopefully it's one of those things where people show up and you, know, you kind of take them on an adventure. You know, you, yeah. you, I mean, it's, it's it is the book uh um, bringing it to life on stage and uh and the response is really uh encouraging and so uh, we said we were gonna do 10 we've already booked uh 14 that are on the uh, on the uh, the website realmickfoley.com com. and Pitt, the reason i'm part of the reason i'm late other than it's difficult to get a cab when you've got a huge suitcase and you're a disheveled large man in the city is that uh, the pittsburgh tickets right that's my always been my strongest city Ready to go 10 a.m. I click 10 a.m. on sale soon. On and I look in the fine print 10 p.m. So I believe there's some type of human error there, and uh, so those uh, Pittsburgh fans may have to wait until 10 p.m. or just check back in on the website.
0: Yeah, that might be a, that might be a mistake there. 10 a.m. is human error. On it's all right. It happens. It's fine. It's and, fine. No
4: one's like check in at 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> On si- ten <laughs> tickets on PM. sale,
0: eleven thirty p.m. <laughs> tickets on sale, and again, you could go to realmcfoley.com/slash/events to find out all the dates and how to get tickets. And I'm sure most of it will be ten a.m., but you know, human error does happen. But I think with your books, especially, and all of them are fantastic. I love the you know the one when you were talking about uh, your time with Impact Wrestling. That was TNA. The
4: only Impact book thus far, I ever, believe. ever. <laughs> 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 yeah I, I i did uh i enjoyed i've enjoyed writing them all you know I take a lot of pride in all of them but uh this one have a nice day is the one that really resonated with people so when they say hey i read your book i don't go do you mean countdown to lockdown the impact yes. book you know it's a given that they're talking about have a nice day and it uh you know kind of touched people especially people who are struggling you know looking for a way to fit in and uh meant a lot to them along the way so i'm hoping that uh they'll come out and uh See me bring it to stage, to life on stage.
2: Mick has always been uh, not only an influence for me, but an amazing storyteller, an amazing storyteller in the ring. And that first book, and I don't like to read, was my first book where I laughed. I enjoyed every part of it. Like, I really did. And not because I was in the book, but I was just like, it took me on an emotional roller coaster. And I, you know, I I don't look at it as a a fan or someone as a book. I was just like, whoa, I really, really like this book. And then it, like, took me on my book journey. Now I've read everybody's books. And your books are pretty much my, uh, the test if it's a a good book.
4: Thank you. And when I do the 20th anniversary of Hardcore Diaries- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Me and you out there. You're my co-star in that you book. You got it. Yes. You know. I, I, I got bookings. We have not. Uh, we have not uh, staged this. I'm just going to say uh, to let Tommy fill in the line for when I describe <laughs> our walk. Tommy and I make our way down the ramp and together. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember. Come on now. Our I know asses our asses, asses are can't... bigger than the size <laughs> of some small African countries. So
2: I said we can't be in studio because our asses together uh, affect the rotation of the Earth. <laughs> The tides are changing right now, all across. <laughs> the moon is coming out. It's going to be a blood moon tonight because oh, our asses are together. So it's, when we find out science. tomorrow
0: morning that there were floods in Japan it's and everything, all it's all faults. because you both yep. were in yeah. the studio in New York City. So together. bad
4: uh, that when uh, uh, a few years ago I was doing the 365-day the Santa challenge where I wore something Christmassy or Santa-esque uh, every single day, at an indie show I had Tommy put on my like Santa Hawaiian shirt and we took a photo <laughs> from behind and not one person called me on that not being me <laughs> it was the bald spot that gave it away <laughs> that's dreamer <laughs> that one
0: <laughs> when you, when you go back to this book and and you know sharing these stories again you know how did you find the time to even write this book especially that time of your yeah, career yeah
4: man um it was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a cool moment in time because I, I'm not here to disparage the guy uh, who was writing the book. You know, we had a ghostwriter. It was a guy who done 17 uh, books, you know, sports-related books. Uh, some of them were highly regarded, but when he read me that first book, Page, you know, like I can recall it, like it's in my mind. Like I was bat. He he goes, okay, here, Michael. This is what you, you know. I tell you, I'm a writing fool, and I read the 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 pages, and it says, I was baptized Michael Francis Foley, uh, a typical Irish name, if ever there was one. But my family was not the free flowing the vision, uh, typical Irish vision of free flowing beer on Saturday and church on Sundays. Heck, I didn't even make my communion until I was 19, an age when most of the guys. On their block on the block had their first you know had their first girlfriend and he, I, he said um, i mean who would want to date a guy who hadn't had his first communion and he goes all right michael what do you think i go well there's a couple problems with it he goes okay what is it? i said first of all most of the guys on the block had their first girlfriend they were like 13 or 14 <laughs> like i had my first girlfriend when i was 19 but i was a loser he goes okay we can change that i said second like I don't think the First Communion is a prerequisite for dating, (laughs) you know? like I can't picture girls sitting there going, I like him, but he hasn't had that First (laughs) Communion. And then uh, he goes, okay, I can fix that too. And I said, I didn't say any of this. He goes, I know, that's what I do. I take your words and I change them around. And he said, I wrote so-and-so's book and I only talked to the guy for half an hour. And I was like, man, this might sound strange coming from the wrestling world, but that's fake, you know? (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I was just I remember like you you finally we sat together he was like I gotta be honest like I never saw I've never met anyone who took this much interest in his own book and it got to the point where I was like how about we say this you know like there was a line that said when I was 12 I wanted to be like the Fonz and that was the end of the sentence I said don't we need to explain who the Fonz was he goes well who was he Oh, Oh my gosh. I said, so how about this? When I was 12, I want to be like the Fonz. Arthur Fonzarelli of TV's Happy Days. No doubt about it. He's writing this stuff down. The Fonz was the man. Fix a broken jukebox with a slap of his hand. No problem. And chicks, why the Fonz had them... Lined up down the hall. Uh, I said, one of the small joys for me is watching my children watch the Fonz at Nick at night and you know, thinking that he is every bit as cool as I did. He goes, okay, that's good, Michael, that's good. I first call him Michael. And I already went over the, you know, Vince, in my last special when I met at the office with Vince, he was like, what is Mike like? You know, we want to do what's right for Mike. And I'm thinking, Mike wants to be called Mick. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And... Uh, and then i said okay and at the end put a hey with like five whys and a couple explanation points and he said i can't do that i said why He goes it's not a complete sentence so edge and christian were in the dressing room i was like edster what uh, what did the fonds used to say and he went hey and, and the guy goes all right i'll put it in but i don't agree with it and i just thought this isn't gonna work yeah. you know so when i remember speaking to judith regan you know and this is like, absurd at the time. This is 1999 for a wrestling guy, any celebrity, you know, let alone a wrestler, to go, like, okay, Judith, I'm having trouble with my ghostwriter. She goes, that's all right, we'll get you another one. I said, I was thinking of writing it myself. And the silence was just <laughs> deafening, you know? And I said, uh, what if I write a chapter and you see if you like it? And that was probably her way out, you know? And then I went upstairs and uh, got to the Tallahassee Civic Center, like, three hours early and uh, I just started writing. I went up to the upper deck, and I wrote for like three hours. I got to the dressing room, and I said, hey, anyone wanna hear the stuff I wrote? And that's not a big, <laughs> do you wanna hear the stuff I wrote? I think X-Pac and one other guy came over, and uh, they started laughing, and I remember then guys wandering in like Stone Cold. You know, wow. when Stone Cold was putting over, here those big lats, you know, and they were shaking. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, I'm seeing people reacting to the stuff I'm doing. It's like this is like wrestling without getting hurt, you know? And, <laughs> and so I remember Steve was one of my biggest uh, uh, advocates, you know, he, you know, at that point I wasn't yet the champion. I hadn't been bumped up into first, you know? So Steve was like, oh, kid, you got any more of that book I could read? And I'd give Steve a notebook, you know, and I'd see him up there in first. And the, he'd be laughing, you know, and it's like, guys really wanted to hear the progress. And so it went on, you know, it was really rewarding for me because it helped bring closure to my career. You know, I had something I'd be proud of on my shelf instead of something that someone else had done for me. But I never would have predicted that it would have done as well as it did and that it would have, uh, you know, uh, you know, ushered in an era of wrestling uh, autobiographies.
0: I remember um, when he was doing the book tour, and he there's a town by me called Ridgewood, and there's a bookstore that's been there forever called Bookends. Yeah, and it's where a lot of authors go to do signings. And I remember going there a couple of days before Mick went and we were just having a conversation because there were people asking about when the signing was going to be. And I remember telling the owner of the store saying, "Man, you better be prepared because there's going to be a ton of fans. And I remember the day of that line, Mick, I swear, I've never seen a line that long because they have it where it goes through the parking lot, went through the parking lot on the street to the end of Ridgewood Avenue to the left. And, I mean, when you see that kind of response for something that – this is a, a different career path for you. To see that kind of response for that first book, what was that like for you? Well,
4: it was incredible. I remember the first signing was here, right here, in New York City at the, <laughs> the Virgin Megastore. <laughs> and my dad had sent me, helpfully sent me like a little, he'd always send me like little articles he read in the paper. And it, it was an article about an author who went on a book tour that no one showed up for. And I th- I honestly, I thought that might be me. And when, uh, sorry about that, they had, WWE had a, Car service. Unlike a uh, Sirius XM which made me cab it over here, guys. I was, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was told, right? He was like, We would have gotten you car service. Like, I remember a car service, really? You're a star, uh, bro. Uh yeah. but when I showed up and I saw that line, I was like, What is going on here? And Jennifer Souter was my publicist. She goes, This is for you. I never could have conceived of it. You know, it was just uh incredible. And I you know, the 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 largest crowd we ever had with it Saint <laughs> Louis where Chris Jericho uh, defeated me at a house show with my own book, you know, a heavy, <laughs> heavy book. And I, and I made the comeback, and I specifically called on the spirit of <laughs> Buddy Roberts, you know. Buddy, uh, the Freebird, Buddy Roberts, you know, when I was in yep. world class, I remember him and the Samoan SWAT team doing a beat down and saying, if you want more of us, me and my boys will be at <laughs> Shoppers Paradise or whatever it was. <laughs> From 12 to 2. I was like, Jericho, you watch some more of me? I'll be at the Walmart at 46th and 5th. We had 2,500 people in that line. That's amazing. 2,500 people. So, uh, you know, those days are over. But uh, I still get enthusiastic crowds. Uh, Tommy's been on hand for a handful of my shows. They're the best. I love them. Thanks, Tommy. I really appreciate it. I take a lot of pride and I put a lot into it. And I hope that show's on the stage.
2: I'm honestly trying to think... uh, I feel you, you, Jericho, Rock, Austin, uh, Will Smith, the touch of gold. Everything you guys touch <laughs> is successful. I'm serious. How did? What? When was the last
4: time you failed? Oh, I failed miserably. And besides that, so your
2: diet, but but oh, I, mean, I know, man. Geez. And that's not a fat joke. He tweeted it. Not only fat jokes go to bully. That's I it. need
4: to be called out. I had to call myself out on the weight gain because I was like, I don't think people want to recognize it and say it they don't want to be like the troll like wow I've always picked up some pounds i blame it on my uh hip and knee replacement (laughs) because i gotta learn i I still get around so much better than i used to that there was some leeway you know i feel pretty good you know i can i I was almost out of desperation you know i had to lose that weight because i was almost immobile there for a while like i'd show up sit down i couldn't stand on line for more than two three minutes i was really in a lot of pain so uh Downside is yeah I've picked up a lot of weight. The upside I don't feel that I don't feel that bad. <laughs> there you go. No? Unless there's a mirror around.
2: <laughs> Those stupid <laughs> mirrors
4: and that scale is always uh, the enemy.
0: It's so funny when I when I was in the hospital The one thing my wife said well the good thing is you might drop a couple pounds you know a couple pounds because you know being in the hospital food's so terrible i actually gained weight when i was in the hospital because boy they love it when you order food i didn't realize
4: that there's nothing else to do there's nothing else to do but eat and watch
0: tv and they let me every they just said pick whenever you want something to eat just pick up the phone and call and i'm like this is fantastic i'm (laughs) the uh, piles of food everywhere
2: i'm the only wrestler to gain weight in the wwe india tour Everyone else sick. William Regal, they had to start his heart. I gained weight. I gained 13 pounds in a week. I was just eating
0: everything. It was India. Fine cuisine. Oh, yeah, it's It's, You do that everywhere. It's St. Louis. Mick, (laughs) your book, earlier
2: today, we were talking about, uh, did you hear the Cody Rhodes interview of how he, Dusty, explained to him how wrestling The four horsemen were at Thanksgiving. Did you hear this? No, I did not. Okay, and Cody was like, how could my father be with these guys that just broke his leg? And Dusty explained to Cody that the Federation would find them, get mad at them if they fought outside the ring. So that's why they were friends and at Thanksgiving. Uh, And then we decided, we opened the show with, um, what was the point in your career or a life where you were like, wait a minute, professional wrestling's not on the up and up or fake. Well, I said on, it was, I for was, me, I was
4: already wrestling. I was How on sad the, is that? I was on the other, it's, that's a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was last week. But we're watching Brickhouse Brown, you know, on this uh, these classics from- uh, 88 when we were setting up the uh was it super clash was yeah super clash.
0: jeff jarrett's on which by the way i have major heat with jeff jarrett i'm no longer ever calling him a hall of famer on this show by the way jeff why jarrett. what happened because he thinks andy griffith is a better show than the honeymooners
4: yeah i agree with that what yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i'm i'm in jeff's corner Let's okay. find out. Let's stop going. Let's stop breaking all, right, break are, all are, these bobshells here. Gotta take,
0: I got to take a moment. I got to okay. take a moment. Again, yeah, Mick's here talking about his first book and it's all going on tour, the Nice Day <laughs> Tour. And for tickets and information, go to realmcfoley.com slash events, and we'll continue our conversation, maybe, with McFoley, Foley. Straight We're to back. the moon, Alice. Right Straight to the moon. I'm busted open. <laughs> Mick Foley in studio with us. He's promoting the Nice Day Tour. And for tickets and information, go to realmcfoley.com slash events. Again, realmcfoley.com slash events. There are events and cities everywhere starting the 29th of this month at the Javits Center. Wait, no, you're going to be at, <laughs> at um, Lido Beach, New York and then you're going to be at the Javits Center in October. Yeah, Lido Beach,
4: uh, Lido Beach is uh, the D Snyder ride for uh, Melissa's wish. She's been doing it I, I think wow. for 17, 18 years. Uh New York Comic Con is uh, uh you know not part of the nice Day tour, but I'll be there uh, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday I will be flying to Los Angeles to take part in the uh, initial A Fox episode of uh, SmackDown. Awesome, yeah. And then we do head on to uh, Buffalo, Syracuse, Austin, Texas, Wichita Falls, which is a fundraiser for the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, Plano, suburb of Dallas, and then we got Colorado and Pittsburgh. Will go on sale eventually. So the first uh, official date of
0: the tour would be in Buffalo at the Helium Comedy Club. That's correct. October eighth, and again, go for all dates, please. And, you know, if you've seen a Mick Foley show, it's something that you always remember. So if you're listening to my voice, please go to realmickfoley.com slash events for tickets. And, and you
2: never know who's going to show up You, at you never shows. know. There's we been a ton of surprises. The, the
0: Surprise special that factor. that was on the network. You know, I got my Nita Strauss t-shirt on. <laughs> Nita Strauss introed Mick Foley on stage. I mean, you oh, never know who's
4: going to When Nita introed me in Pasadena, right? Pasadena is a spot show. It's a great club. One of the best clubs, but relatively small, about 180 and it was the first time i'd ever had an entrance other than music you know I've, I've never had dry you know pyro dry ice none of that you know and it just i marked out so like it dawned on me like wow i'm a pretty big deal like nita strauss is up there and it doesn't matter that's 180 people i mean i was going to think about uh, when tommy said special guests i had uh Edge out there in uh, Rochester, New York. He'd had a baby like six weeks earlier, a couple hours away. He was going a little stir crazy. He's like, Mixter, here you're in Rochester." And I was like, "You want to join me for the uh, for the Q and A?" And We did a little spot where I got down on myself. You know, like I end with a downer, like it's the more, a downer, and I go, "Okay, let's take some questions." <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Edge's music hits, man, and that crowd came alive. And he said what a lot of people have felt is like. It doesn't matter. There's, it's it's Rochester is a small club, like 160 people. It feels an awful lot like 15,000 people. You know, as long as you have people in the palm of your hand and things are going well. Conversely, when things are not going well, it's 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 painful beyond anything I ever experienced in the ring. Because at least in the ring, you can like do a big move to get them back. But there are times that I don't anticipate this show, including one of those times. But you know, when I would go and try to work on my stuff and uh, do five minutes, you know, tag along with Judah Friedlander, do five clubs a night for free. Uh, you know, when when things, when they're not buying what you're selling, it's pretty, pretty painful out there. But
0: I'm sure that doesn't happen much at all.
4: No, but I like for it to happen occasionally because the best stories arise out of the worst circumstances, right? It's like wrestling, you know, but I, here's the thing, Brendan Burns, a real student of both comedy and wrestling. Do you know Brendan? He's this incredibly respected uh, International comic And uh, he he took me under his wing And brought me around a lot of places Gave me credibility enough to get to Montreal just for laughs in 2013 And that's where I You know, I kind of got a good good agent who knew the business and we went and and big things started happening from there but brendan was like mate you know uh you you know he would say a lot of things he'd go every comic wants to talk about their you know their day job you just happen to have the most interesting day job of them all but you won't talk about it you know and so we go on uh we'd go and do the media and they'd say is it a wrestling show i go no i use wrestling as a way jumping off point you know and brendan go mate it's a wrestling show (laughs) like <laughs> just like doing everything i could to you know to say no no i don't talk about that like it's i talk about social issues and and he's like mate it's a wrestling show and then i went to um just for laughs in montreal and i realized there were 200 funnier people than me in the hotel right who had years of experience and that i was running away from the thing that mm. made my show stand out so once i embraced that you know things really took off uh but brendan said he he said, you know wrestlers tend to like they tend to uh talk about things that make them larger than life, whereas comics try to do things that make them relatable, and I tended anyway to do that within wrestling, you know that and but I've always gravitated towards telling the stories about most guys are want to tell you about this I was on top, you know it was sold out hanging from the rafters. I was like. There were 26 people in Poco, West Virginia, like <laughs> all the best stories arise from the worst things. As a matter of fact, uh, I learned a lot on that Rochester show with Edge because we were doing two shows, right? Edge was only on the first show, small venue. So every person waiting in line sees Edge leaving, right? And so I start the show by go, ladies and gentlemen, Edge was here, big pop. I go, he, he was here. He's not here anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You just missed it. It was great. It was also a Friday night late show, and everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And then I was able to talk about everything that went wrong for the rest of the tour. So I I love those moments of time. I don't anticipate having them, but I welcome them when they arrive. I'll be wrestling in Evansville uh, on Saturday, so I'll probably have a story
0: for you there. Well, speaking of wrestling, because you mentioned before SmackDown and the move to Fox, think about what's happening next week. The whole landscape completely changing with pro wrestling. You know, Monday Night Raw, you know, almost now taking a backseat to SmackDown because of them being on Fox. Are you
4: saying that my tour is only the third biggest wrestling story of the week? absolutely <laughs> Well, it nxt is. aew so it lot, is man i'm excited it's an exciting time to be a, a fan especially right never yeah. a better time to be a fan or 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 a guy in, or a woman in the business too i think that the more opportunities there are the better for everyone rising tide lifts all ships right
2: it's the first time wrestlers have uh leverage, leverage? yeah
4: there you go you saw us say that Immediately, right? Simultaneously? No,
2: that means it's it's, sim- that means it's it's right, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it is. I mean, you could now you could sometimes say no. A new character can rise in the sense of like you know, look at John Moxley. They offered him something. I hey, no, I'm going to go somewhere yeah, else. I love the idea that else. guys
4: can say no, and I think that makes WWE better. You know, I love the idea that the Kenny Omega and the Bucks. No, I'm I'm good where I am, and that's when, just when they had their New Japan deal. So I like that. It it makes uh, you can't take the guys for granted. I detested the the term sellers market, buyers market rather, when it came to promoters like buyers market, like we're a commodity. So I like the idea that it's now a sellers market, which is unfortunate for Al Snow because he. Can't... <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Hold oh, <laughs> on <online. laughs> <laughs> that is straight out of his book and I can't wait. to See, these are
2: the stuff you're going to see on these shows. I'm going to everyone. one. Tell I'm going to be the
4: surprise it, guest. That's All right, Tommy, please leave. <laughs> can I tell an inside story? I, I, you know, We've all told our stories before, but this is an Al Snow one where Al claims I went, Al, what the heck, man? He just got hit with a steel chair and he was like no-selling it, not just no-selling, but he's laughing like he found it enjoyable. He claimed he got knocked out and that he was just on instinct. So your instinct was to laugh when you, you know, I was like, oh, you were trying to get your gimmick over. So we'd be riding and I would like, Al, oh, you know, uh, maybe we should team up uh, as the sellers, best and no. You know? <laughs> you know, get the big laugh, you know, and then I go, hey, you know, you were in, I was in Hell in a Cell, you were in No Cell in a Cell. <laughs> And all the boys laugh, and uh, you know, and then I go, "Oh, I'm gonna take, take, I'm gonna tell Taker that one." Al goes, "No, please, please don't tell Taker." And it was understood that when you say the words, "Please don't tell Taker," I was like, "Okay, Al, I respect that." And I've never told Taker until now. Taker, <laughs> <laughs> but that was the respect the Undertaker had. I was like, "Okay, I understood that." Like, don't tell Dad. It's <laughs> right, crossing a
2: line. I'm not gonna tell the Undertaker. Al Snow was the first person to ever give me a concussion wrestling with the chair shot to my head. Really? Yep. When? Uh, Taylor, Michigan, 1991. Televised? Nope. Uh, Al, WTF. Yeah. It was the uh, first time I ever flew. A promoter flew me for my first time. And, yep, gave me a lovely concussion. My first one. I've had a few others since then. But Sorry about that, Tommy. It's all right. It happens. Brain trauma is cool. I fought through concussions in C T E.
0: Look at me now. Can't Only wait. Only you, Tommy. Only you. <laughs> Mick, always great having you here in studio. You're welcome to stay. We I have will. some we have some breaking news right, about the show on the other side. But again, right. if you want to
4: find out more about the tour and the tour I'm gonna dates... break some news. Okay, please go ahead. Mayberry better than honeymooners, neither one of them as good as Righteous Gemstones.
2: Fabulous. Fabulous really? call. I love this guy. See, if you,
0: if, you, if you said odd couple, I might agree with you. It's Righteous nice, think,
4: Gemstones. Work. Google it. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it.
0: What was this? What is this? It's still it's on. A show it's... on HBO. It's amazing. <laughs> Come on. If it's, if it's after 1975, Danny it's McBride, not good. Danny McBride,
4: John Goodman, it's phenomenal. It's after 1975. It's, it's, fun, it's a phenomenon in the making. Am I right? We're getting nods, right, of acknowledgement? Oh it's pretty, Off the charts. pretty, pretty good. More, better than the Honeymooners? Yeah, far better. Wow. Mayberry's better boy, than the Honeymooners. They,
0: and they always say, never meet your heroes. <laughs> Here's the evidence <laughs> of that. All right. <laughs> the name of the tour is the nice the, the Nice day tour for tickets and information. Go to realmcfoley.com. Slash events again, realmcfoley.com slash events. Please stick around because when we come back, a little bit late, but when we come back, breaking news about Busted Open. Hope I still have a job. Like what you're hearing,
2: catch Busted Open live, weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156, or on demand with the Sirius XM
0: app. It's now time, I hear, for some breaking news. Breaking
2: news. Why do you always step on my breaking news?
0: Because it's my show.
2: <laughs> breaking news.
0: All right. All right. Go ahead, Tommy.
2: Go ahead. Say it. I, all I like to say is breaking news. That's all I like to say. Breaking news.
0: You feel better about yourself? I do. All right. Let's I'm all bring
2: excited it. about Mick Foley being in studio. I'm all excited about his show. It's the greatest show you'll ever see, ever be a part of. Now we got even bigger
0: breaking news. That's right. Because. Our boss, Mother Marissa, is in the house.
1: Hello. Hello. I'm so excited for today. We've been waiting to announce some pretty big changes to the show for a while, so excited to tell the nation what we have in store for them. Happy
0: birthday, by the way.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, You've been such a great host on this show, but we haven't had you every week, and I think that now is the time for Tommy Dreamer to join this show every single week, Tommy Dreamer every Wednesday, starting next Wednesday, the debut of AEW. Tommy Dreamer will be on the show.
0: Hells yeah. All right, that's great. Right. All right, great. That's Tommy. What about me? What's, well, what, about, what about I just me? replaced you. That's what, what we're talking me? about. Is, am
2: I still on the show? Tom Phillips, yes. we're going to got him on the line. Wait. He's <laughs> going to be here. He's replacing you.
1: Yeah, here he's looking for work. Um, wow. <laughs> well, look, you do host this show five days a week. And I mean, how many days a week was this show when you started, Dave? When, when you launched a show and created it over 10 years ago, how many days was the show?
0: It was uh, initially on one day a week for an hour.
1: An hour. One day a week. And yep. now we're what? Five days a week.
0: Five days a week for three, three hours. hours a day. Day. live. Well, you know, SmackDown I mean.
1: is coming to Fox yes. on Fridays next week. Mm-hmm. So there's only one thing we can do Bust It Open live every Saturday. Whoa. Whoa. Six days a
0: week. Hey look, Mick, look at hey Mick's face. Now. Mick
1: looks excited for it.
0: Six days a week of Bust It Open? Six days a week.
1: But I have to tell you something. What? You're not going to be hosting on Saturdays. Of course not. Oh. I can not. I need you to be in tip top shape six days a week. I, I won't get full performance from see you. I,
0: see that how this happens, man? That means you got to work so, on Saturdays. You create the show, you get it on the air, you expand <laughs> the show, it becomes a hit. And then as soon as they decide to make it a six day a week show and add a Saturday, you're I say,
4: on. I maintain if Dave LeGrec is not hosting, it's not busted open.
0: Oh, wow. Well. I, I just want to say. He's not the only one that's been saying that, but it's, you know, I digress. I because believe this is Satur- a team effort. here.
4: Saturday well, is the bastard child of Busted. Open. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, speaking of bastards,
1: yes, yes.
4: You well, bastard! Going- <laughs> Go ahead, Tommy. You, you can't say that word. I'm thinking of Terry you Funk. You bastard, son of a but bitch! We,
1: look, we do hard have an way amazing. Open. We have an amazing crew for Saturdays. Wait, is Bully and Mark
0: still on the show? Yeah.
1: Mark Henry will be on every oh, okay. single Saturday. Mark Henry oh! is going to be on every single Saturday, and I believe he's on the line. Um, the Busted Open Nation kind of knows this guy. I think they're going to need to embrace him because he will be here every Saturday, lead hosting the show. Ryan McKinnell will be hosting right. with Mark
0: Henry. Right. Welcome to the Busted
1: right. Open family. Hi,
0: Ryan. How are you? Well, I'll,
4: I'll tell you what, guys. If Mick Foley looks excited for a Saturday show, you should see my face right now. I am <laughs> over the moon. I am so excited to be joining this show. I've done a few shows with Mark. All the guys, Tommy and I did the... All right, uh, all right, right. So listen, you got plenty of time to ago. do it. Everybody listen.
0: You got plenty of time to talk on Saturdays, okay? So uh, listen, th- listen, listen. We've Mar- Marissa and I had many, many meetings about this. We wanted the perfect person for Saturdays because I'm not contractually obligated to do Saturdays. So we had to find the perfect person to have on Saturdays, and we all decided that you would be that person to do the show with Mark Henry, and we're very excited about it. But it is my show. So there are a few things that you have. There's rules that you have to follow, Ryan. OK, because there's things, as everyone knows, that listens to this show Monday through Friday. I'm a professional broadcaster. You know, of I am. But, you know, I'm, I'm a LaGreca for crying out loud. We, we rule the airwaves. So I just have a few <laughs> things that I feel like you need to know as you go into hosting this show on Saturday. Are you OK Hit with me. that? All right, the first thing... Uh, more, More than okay, Mr. Dave LaGreca. All right, so everybody knows when they're listening to me that I pronounce every single word correctly. I never have a problem with that. So you, Ryan, have to make sure you pronounce every word correctly when you host this show on Saturdays. No pressure. I think I can manage. Okay. All right. Number two. (laughs) Everyone knows how much I love the nation, and they know that I take so many phone calls Monday through Friday. You know, it's not that I'm in love with my own voice or that I have Hall of Fame talent in here, and of course, the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, but on Saturdays, I just think he
4: took a slight at Tommy. Hall of Fame talent. And Tommy. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, yeah. well, Mick, I
4: don't want to be—I don't want to be
0: sued for false advertising. It know? reminds so. me of when I buzzed
4: the uh, flight attendant in Delta, and she went on in the intercom and said, "We'd like to welcome all of the WWE superstars and Al Snow." <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I
0: need you to take as many phone calls as possible on Saturday, okay? I will be the phone call mediator. It will be Mark Henry and the Busted Open Nation. (laughs) All right. Another thing, too, and this is a bit of a bone of contention with me because a lot of broadcasters do this, and I'm obviously not one of them. You are a professional, so you never ask a guest for free tickets or merchandise. You never ask for anything free, okay? I want to make sure when I listen to this show on Saturdays that you're not asking our guests, for any kind of free, complimentary tickets or merchandise, I, I, I Dave, I would never. I am, a, I am
4: a, I am an absolute professional. I, I would, I wouldn't even think of anything like that. Did you pay for that Nita Strauss shirt, David? <laughs> anyway, so let's move on. <laughs> uh, Can I break some news? Sure, please. As a general wait, hold rule. on, wait, wait a second. Let's
0: do it, Tommy.
2: Breaking McFoley Hall of Famer news. <laughs>
0: Ahead,
4: Mick. As a general rule, wrestling and politics don't miss, uh, don't mesh. But I think this is too big, um, so I am breaking the news that the whistleblower is in fact Bill Alfonso. <laughs> <laughs> that was phenomenal. That was courtesy, amazing. courtesy KFabe News, you know. <laughs> Whistleblower <laughs> revealed as Bill Alfonso. Okay. These sure. are the things you're going to hear when you
2: go to his show, right, right off his
0: head. And, and again, go to you know. And again, this is something else you have to do on Saturdays is make sure you promote whatever the guest is in here to promote the Nice Day Tour. For tickets and for information, go to realmcfoley.com/events. So you need to do that as well. Another thing, and as a professional broadcaster, as you know I am, Ryan, I always keep my composure. I never raise my voice. I never scream, I never yell. I understand that there are some people in this world that may not know the right information or the right answers, like thinking that, again, Andy Griffith is a better show than the Honeymooners, things like that, you have to look past those things. So I need you to keep your composure and don't get too worked up about a certain topic. Oh, now Dave, I've made you a lot of promises over this last five ten minutes. That will, I mean, yelling and 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 getting into it is kind of my thing. I will do my best, but I can't make any okay. promises. All right, fair enough, fair enough. And I don't want you to change your personality. It's Your personality is the reason that you're doing <laughs> Saturdays. Now, everybody else who knows that listens to this show, I never talk about my family, friends, or my wife. Don't you're you're a married man. So on Saturdays, please try not to speak about your wife because I never talk about my wife's pierogies or her omeletta <laughs> on the air. So try not to do
4: that. I now Yeah know- I will, I will, not, I will not talk about my wife and I will not talk about my English bulldog Polly. Both of those things will will never be mentioned, clearly. Another more breaking news. Okay,
0: wait one second. Go ahead. <laughs> breaking Mick Foley Hall of Famer news.
4: I believe I have (laughs) identified the origin of Scott Steiner's anger issues. He was just defeated by Ronnie Garvin, who sat on him for the cover. (laughs) Correct. I told you. I can't wait to text Scott after
2: this. He's going to want to fight me. Still angry.
0: All right. And then the other thing, too, as I always try to do here on this show, Ryan, is keep it to wrestling. Try not to get off topic and talk about music or movies or TV shows. Believe me, the nation only wants to hear about pro wrestling. So make sure that you do that every single Saturday. Yeah, I can I can do that. But Mark and I like talking about food a lot. Can we still talk about food? You know what? It's you know what? Since I'm not hosting, do whatever the hell you want, Ryan. <laughs> All right. All right. Deal. You're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Ryan, congratulations and I'm so glad that you're a part of our family in a much bigger role hosting on Saturdays. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.